Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Straits Times and The Business Times where we offer tips for the newcomer to the financial investment scene. Hi, I'm Chris Lim and my co-host is Ernest Lewis. With us is Vasu Menon, Vice President and Senior Investment Strategist, Wealth Management OCBC Bank. Welcome to Money Hacks, Vasu. Thanks for having me. Now, how has the financial planning landscape changed in the past few years in terms of opportunities and challenges for the average person or in terms of things that the average person should do or should outright avoid? Well, you know, I've uh, been covering markets and the financial landscape for the last 30 years, so I've seen a lot of changes. One thing that has changed significantly is investment options, products. Investors today have a lot more options. For example, funds, unit trusts. You have a whole slew of them investing in different products, multi-assets across geographies, which were not available maybe in the 1980s and 1990s and perhaps even the early part of 2000. You've got the Real Estate Investment Trust now available. Singapore is one of the biggest real estate investment trust markets you know, in Asia. And a lot of other investment options available to investors. But at the same time, you also see you know, investment scams picking up in a big way. I think that's interesting because investors are also prepared to explore options. And the danger is, you know, I think you've got to make sure that you don't get involved in some of these scams, right? So I think make sure that, you know, the provider of any product is uh, registered with the MAS, has a good track record. I think those things are important and not to be caught up in the scams. So options have clearly improved significantly in the last 10-15 years. But at the same time, it's also important investors don't get blindsided and they do their homework and research and, you know, only go with, you know, the providers that have credibility in the market. Would you actually say that you have to do more research these days than you might have 10 years ago because of the pitfalls and because of the wider variety of options? Uh, Without a doubt, I think you have to do a lot more research. Research, nevertheless, is important, critical, is a staple when you invest in the markets. But I think with the variety of options, you need to do a lot more research. You need to understand these options. And the message I have is this. If you don't understand something, it doesn't make sense to you, walk away from it. Walk away from it, no matter how attractive it is, especially when an option presents you with the returns that look really out of the world. When somebody gives you an exceptional return, you ask yourself, how is this product able to provide that sort of exceptional returns? You should be curious because, you know, anything that comes with that sort of exceptional returns comes with a great deal of risk. And the problem is, you know, you could focus on the returns as opposed to the risk and uh, then get caught wrong-footed down the road when things go wrong. As usual, the adage goes, you know, it sounds too good to be true. Precisely, precisely. When it sounds too good to be true, be even more careful, dig even deeper, and if you still don't understand what's happening, walk away. Now, in Money Hacks, we like to approach topics in terms of personas. So say I'm in my 40s and relatively comfortable, but wanting to ensure I have all my bases covered. Used to be that one of the basics was just get a checking account, savings account, shuffle money between the two. If I have something excess in terms of uh, excess from of short term needs, dump into a fixed deposit, and I'm I'm set. But these days, there's so many new options, like you mentioned, even basics like a bank account. OCBC has the OCBC 360 with a uh, pretty decent interest rates. I can just have one bank account? Can I do that these days? Or do I have to do more? Because at my age, I'm into simplifying my life as much as possible. If I could just stick with one account or at most two, if I qualify for a premium banking tier, that would be great. I don't have to think more, you know. That's true to some extent. You want to simplify things so that you can keep track. But my view is that, you know, while there are attractive deposit accounts out there, sure, keep your your excess money, put some of it into these accounts. But I would think that in in order to beat inflation, you need to basically invest your money and not keep it idle in a bank. 
So while it's great to shuffle your money between the savings accounts and the fixed deposit accounts and accounts that give you high interest rate, I think you got to bear in mind that when you're in your 40s, you got to really start worrying and thinking about retirement planning more so than when you're in your 20s and 30s because it's really not that far away, right? And that means putting your money to work and really uh, thinking about how to make it work harder if you haven't already done it by then. So, you know, bank accounts are great if you want complete safety, but you need to invest to beat inflation and grow your wealth to prepare for the golden years. All right, Chris. So you're in your 40s. You better stop doing this podcast now and start <laughs> diversifying, not simplifying. But anyway, uh, let's say, Vasu, I'm in my late 20s now or early 30s. Got a mortgage. Maybe I have a car, two kids in school. Not a lot of extra cash because everything goes into that, you know, tuition, Montessori and all that. But how am I going to find money to put aside for retirement or even start to figure out things like, you know, university funds for the kids and all that later on? Well, you know, I think you got to be brutally honest with yourself. There are no shortcuts. You know, I wish I could give you an easy solution. I think step number one is keep uh, details of your income and expenses. Be as detailed as possible with your expenses. Have an idea of how much you're spending on the different items that you're spending every month and look at that relative to your income. Now, if you are... If your expenses exceed your income, hey, you're in trouble. You need to cut back. So you need to ensure that, number one, your expenses do not exceed your income. And number two is you need to ensure that whatever you save makes up about roughly 10, 15, 20% of your income, right? So essentially, I think you need to get that right. And if you are spending beyond your means, cut back. Scale back, reduce your expectations. Because remember, in the longer term, you need to have savings. That's your resource to grow your wealth for your later years. So you got to be brutally honest. If you cannot afford the Montessori's, you cannot afford a car, you cannot afford to live in a plush condominium, then don't kid yourself, you know. I mean, be realistic, be brutally honest, and look at your expenses and income and scale back where you can so that you have enough savings to grow your wealth for your later years. That's so important. And then if I do have extra on top of that, then I can start to look at some investment options, right? Definitely, you should. In fact, you should. In fact, uh, youth is an asset in itself because... When you're young, you can afford to take a long-term view of markets. You can afford to take risk. Because if you do trip and fall, you can pick yourself up and go on, right? So youth is an asset. Remember that. And if you do have surplus savings, put it to work. Put it to harder work. Try not to put so much of it in a bank deposit, lying idle. Grow your wealth. Invest in the markets, but you know, get your fundamentals right. Okay, let's say I'm playing someone else. Uh, I'm about 18, 19. You know, these days, a lot more information out there on the internet can do research, you know. What should I be thinking? I don't exactly have a lot of money, but I would like to think ahead of time so that when I enter the workforce, I don't scramble around and start being bogged down by the pressures of life. Precisely. So I think 18, 19 is when you're at the cusp of your adulthood, right? And that's when you need to get your basics right. I think you shouldn't be in a hurry to invest in the markets per se. You should get your foundations and fundamentals right. So that means attend courses, get up to speed with understanding economies, markets, investment options. Do simulations. In other words, you know, pretend as if you're investing in the markets and see how you perform on paper. Do all that for the next two years, three years. And once you've got your foundations right and you start working, you've got money in your pocket and you're able to save and invest, then you're more ready to take the plunge. Okay. And there are talks as well, courses that we can attend. Of course, definitely. I mean, like, for example, the Security Investor Association of Singapore, they conduct courses. There are also other independent providers. So you need to, to attend these courses. And maybe even in, in, when you're pursuing your degree, 
Take up something that helps you to understand the markets better if that's something that interests you. But you need to get your fundamentals right. That's more important than just purely investing in the markets because if you don't have solid fundamentals, you'll get things wrong and you'll keep tripping and falling for the rest of your life and that's no fun. And give yourself the tools to start on the right foot. Precisely. Get your, give yourself the tools. Thanks, Vasu, for being on the show. That brings us to the end of this episode of Money Hacks where we help you make sense of trends and your finances. To find more podcast series, go to The Straits Times and The Business Times.